This is Caught in the Act with Tim Clark. Welcome back. Better Call Saul, Law and Order, SVU, uh, Frasier, uh, The Mandalorian, even The Simpsons. Spin-off shows that were at least the equal of the original. Familiar characters in different scenarios, but existing in the same universe and with viewers keen to carry on with the story. Last week, in dueling courtrooms in different states, the judicial equivalent of those shows of that universe was playing out. Spin-offs from the original drama, which was, and still is, Brittany Higgins versus Bruce Learman. Joining me again on Court in the Act this week is one of the OGs of this very room, <laughs> Jenna Clark. Welcome back, Jenna. I'm really uh, earning a bit of a moniker that I just like to follow the celebrity trials, well, the pretty people trials. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a very good living to be made out of that, so don't <laughs> knock it. <laughs> So, as we explored in Court in the Act last year, the defamation trial of Mr Learman, the man accused by Ms Higgins of raping her in Parliament House, reopened the wounds which have remained raw since that allegation was aired on the project on Network 10 in 2021. That interview was, of course, conducted by then-superstar presenter Lisa Wilkinson. The veteran journalist eventually became part of the story herself, particularly after a Logie speech which forced the delay of the criminal trial of Mr Lehman. And last week, in a Sydney court, Ms Wilkinson was not just part of the story, she was the story. As she took on her employer, Network 10, over her decision to get her own lawyers and what those lawyers cost. A spin-off, which again featured Justice Michael Lee, more explosive testimony from Miss Wilkinson, and some intriguing clues as to the ultimate outcome of Mr Learman's bid to clear his name and make Network 10 pay in the process. Meanwhile, in Canberra, another spin-off, another inquiry into how that aborted criminal trial was conducted the performance of Prosecutor Shane Drumgold and whether an inquiry into him, conducted by another judge, was biased. And over here in the West, the names Higgins, Shiraz and Reynolds were also before a Supreme Court judge. Storylines everywhere. Jenna, we discussed this last year, of course, but this single drunken night in Canberra a few years ago continues to ripple across lives and careers and many, many courts. It does. I shudder to think. Look, I think that this is probably Ally McBeal on steroids. As you said, there's so many storylines here. There's so many theories that can come out of it. Uh, I think, without a doubt, and we've spoken about it before, Tim, Justice Michael Lee probably is the star of the show with mm. his zingers and one-liners. Yeah, when court resumed last week to hear this defamation proceeding about the, the cost issue between Ms Wilkinson and obviously Channel 10, who's still her employer, which is quite interesting, um, I, he called in front of of the uh, the into into the witness stand was to be a inadverted commas troll an internet troll that decided to almost prejudice the trial on mm. social media at the end of the year, and uh, I think someone was running a little bit late being the uh, the person that was supposed to appear, and I think the zinger was what are we what is this is this tea time at a suburban golf course and you just <laughs> knew that this is going to set the tone for how we how these next couple of weeks are going to roll out. I love Justice Lee because 
he doesn't take a backward step. He doesn't suffer fools gladly. He's obviously hugely, hugely experienced. And he, I mean, he seems to have every section of the law just at, right on the tip of his tongue. He doesn't need to, cons- I've, I've watched the live stream. He doesn't need to consult books or he's not looking at his screen. Um, and, you know, there's, there's mens reas and there's Latin phrases chucked in. <laughs> but then seemingly, uh, you know, at uh, the flick of a switch, he can then become the everyman and oh. just tell everyone just to get on with it yeah. or not get on with it or, you know, wh- where are we going with this? He, he, he cuts to the quick yeah. so well uh, and did, as I mentioned before, during the, the Palmer-McGowan defamation case as well. He was just so on point that, um, to, to, to borrow an Ali McBeal-type phrase, <laughs> Phrase that that um, he he has become. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's the central figure because he's going to decide it all. But he has become a little bit of a uh, you know a star of the show himself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it has been really interesting. I think the, this specific case of which we're focusing on now, this is basically uh, this is catnip for the legal fraternity because it <laughs> it basically involves some of the biggest names, the biggest silks, the biggest brains mm. um, to ever sort of trot down Macquarie Street to the Supreme Court and the Federal Court. Uh, so you know you've got Sucrasan. You've got Dr. Matt Collins, KC. You've got everyone involved here. So I shudder to think what the uh, the bills are going to be at the end of this. But it is interesting just to see. Uh, you know, but this also, I think this is also the nexus of where to next for defamation law in this country when it comes to journalism. Mm. Because I think a lot of people are probably saying, you know, this is a win for Wilkinson. But what's next? Where does this sort of end for, you know, future stories and future cases where journalists, and it is sometimes the likely story where the journalists are den- generally named in any type of defamation proceedings. This isn't unusual. Yeah, no, that's that's right. I mean, it is becoming more uh, prevalent that individual lawyers, and there's another case that I've been following here involving a football club and, in, and some very high-profile journalists in Melbourne where they, they were individually named. And that brings with it all the legal um, hellfire that can, you know, can possibly rain down, including hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, of damage, reputational damage, time out of your already busy working day. I mean, all that. And it's obviously deliberate, ta- de- deliberate tactic mm. by defamation plaintiffs. Mm. And you know, sort of, as, as the judicial meanderings sort of um, weave their way across the country, are those in Canberra still watching closely for the outcome of this or have they sort of moved on a little bit? Yeah, well, look, speaking of drunken nights out, I think we <laughs> had uh, a few recently. Clearly, we had a, a sitting, a couple of sitting weeks where we had the former Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce um, lolling about on a street in Braddon, which is a very well-to-do suburb in Canberra, after allegedly having a couple of glasses of wine mm. and mixing with medication. And then uh, we've recently just had the Deputy Leader of the National Party, Perrin Davey, going back into a Senate estimate. Um, hearing after two glasses of red. So I get, I think the behaviour mm. of the joint is still very much in focus. Mm. But this story, I think everyone is definitely watching to see what the outcome is because, of course, the criminal trial was um, w- was basically stayed due to the fact that Ms Higgins's health was the main concern for everyone involved. But this the civil case has really gripped, I think, probably the plebs like me because you can kind of watch it on YouTube, which is great. Mm. But the professional class will be interesting... Um, and I think that the central player in this now being Senator Linda Reynolds from Western Australia, who is pursuing her own, as you mentioned. Mm. Um, I think she will be watching this very closely. Interesting.
interestingly, I think the only thing people are really concerned about in the Canberra bubble is that uh, the payout that Brittany Higgins did receive, which has been touted as being a figure as high as $3 million. And that is also set to be, uh, I think Ms Reynolds put it forward to this National uh, Corruption Committee, which is set to set a kickoff in the next couple of months. Mm, Yeah, interesting that... uh with all that went on, marches for justice and anything, yeah. it's the actual dollar figure that uh, mm-hmm. that 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 is going to um, be the the next talking point. Mm. Um, so, as we said, the last series of Lerman versus Higgins finished on a cliffhanger. Four weeks after it was launched, Bruce Lerman's explosive defamation trial against Network 10 begins to wrap up this morning. Lawyers from both sides will present their closing submissions from today, ending what's been one of the most controversial court battles in years. For several weeks, just before last Christmas, the conflicting accounts of Mr Lerman and Miss Higgins were dissected in intrinsic detail by opposing legal teams for both sides. And the third wheel was Ms Wilkinson, who is also being sued, as we've just mentioned, by Mr Learman for her part in that TV package, which is where the spin-off starts. Such was the impact of Ms Wilkinson's interview that Mr Learman was subsequently charged with rape by the ACT police, and the veteran broadcaster and her team won a logie on the back of that interview. Four incredibly intense, sleepless weeks later, when our story went to air, the entire country knew the name Brittany Higgins. As Brittany warned me before we went to air, her story would be seen by many of the most powerful people in this country, not as a human problem, but as a political problem. Brittany Higgins was a political problem. And governments tend to like political problems to go away. But Brittany never did. And the truth is, this honour belongs to Brittany. The fallout of that acceptance speech for that Logie caused its own firestorm, given that it came just weeks before the scheduled trial of Mr Lerman, ultimately resulting in that trial being significantly delayed. Eventually, the judge ruled the impact of Miss Wilkinson's words cut so deep that jurors might be tainted. Then, public opinion turned against Miss Wilkinson, and so did Network 10, sacking her from the project. In response, Miss Wilkinson lawyered up, hiring fearsome defamation barrister Sue Chrysanthu to represent her. And Miss Chrysanthu does not come cheap. Ms Wilkinson ultimately claimed that Network 10 should pay for her lawyer because she was left with no choice but to hire her. Network 10 resisted. Hence the cross-claim and the rarest of insights into a behind-the-scenes brawl between TV bosses and a TV star. Jenna, we've both worked in and around a TV network, um, and I think it's fair to say that they like or would prefer to keep the inner workings of shows and relationships and uh, wages of their (laughs) stars as in-house as possible. But last week, Network 10's Dirty Laundry was aired very publicly. Um, 
it wasn't comfortable viewing. Well, but it wouldn't have been, particularly if you were uh, if you were still inside the uh, the network ten bubble. No, especially if you were the one, uh, the CFO or the CEO of who were both uh, named, uh, you know, in these affidavits that were submitted and then subsequently released mm. as uh, as official evidence into these uh, court in these court cases. Again, and just the timing of it as well. So we have this issue where we learned that we we don't know the figure of which Ms Wilkinson was was earning at Channel Ten. She was only on air for about three to four days on the project. But we did learn one little nugget of information out of her contract and the affidavits. She was on, she had a wardrobe allowance of $100,000, which they decided to negotiate when she was taken off air Mm. to $40,000. But interestingly, due to taxation law, if you're going to adhere to that, (laughs) you have to leave all of those clothes right in the wardrobe when you're not in front of a camera. So I think uh, not only are we going to see uh, a change in the way that uh, Jen journos maybe approach their stories moving forward. I think TV networks are definitely going to be looking at their contracts. And I can see some other higher profile female stars maybe going to their agent and saying "Um, excuse me she was getting 40 grand and she's not even on the bloody telly. I'm I'm down bloody Primark on a Sunday sort of you know looking for the knockoffs. Yeah look a shout out to Zara and H&M that's that's all we wear on telly these days. 40 grand and uh, a very, very senior female journalist, I know, I know this for a fact, once got audited in this state because of her wardrobe and had to prove uh. to the tax office that all the clothes that were in her wardrobe she'd actually worn on air um, and the ones she hadn't I had to basically <laughs> go to the tax office, I believe, or certainly go get uh, get put back into a, a wardrobe somewhere. So Brilliant. the ATO does take this stuff seriously. Especially if you are a high-profile person. Yeah. But the bigger point, I think, 100 grand for wardrobe um, shows the measure of esteem that Lisa Wilkinson was once held in Channel 10 or Network 10 and the project in particular when she got that job. Yeah. So then reading and being able to read all the emails and the raw, visceral way that she felt Mm. after she basically got dumped for this Logie speech. And her main argument, her main legal argument was always, uh, it wasn't just me. And the, 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 the media commentary was, Lisa Wilkinson, who does she think she is? She just gets up on stage, rambles on. She knew the trial was coming. God, what an idiot. How can she do it? She's, a, you know, she's, she's one of the best or supposed to be. Whereas her argument was, actually, I ran it through the lawyers. Yeah, I, there were s- several lawyers. And right up until 4.30 before the speech, I was getting emails saying, it's fine. Mm. And Network 10 basically let her or let the bus run over her and then back up and run over her again. Oh. And, and and that was the point of her getting her own lawyers because she basically felt that she'd been hung out to dry. Oh, and I think she'd felt, uh, you know, verbally handcuffed essentially mm. because she couldn't, you know, they, she wanted them to release statements and things like, like that. I think that, you know, she did say she felt gutted because she took the stand again last week. Mm. She felt gutted. Mm. She felt her reputation was continuously being trashed. And of course, that, of course that's one of the central tenets of defamation because you need to protect a reputation, which mm. was, you know, before all this, pretty firmly intact. As you said, she's, she was one of the best presenters. But it also just goes to show 
what on earth was going through the minds of these lawyers? And I've spoken to a number of people that are not in, within the case but close to the case and mm. they sort of say this is probably just lawyers whether because we saw um, in-house counsel for 10 also front up to um, give evidence about why they decided to – were they embarrassed by giving her that mm. advice? Because mm. I think any sort of journo, regardless if you've covered courts or not, would probably know probably not a good idea to maybe poke the bear before just a few weeks before a trial. Mm. I think it is important to note that Samantha Maiden who worked with Brittany Higgins as well for the news.com.au version of that story, won the Gold Walkley that year. She stood up and made a very responsible speech Mm. about, I just want to thank everyone involved and that's all I'll say because I don't want to, heaven forbid, prejudice the trial. Um, And that was a spin-off that was cancelled because um, (laughs) she was was sued as well, as was news.com.au, but they settled before the trial commenced. Yes, they were. So, look, again, once a, once a spin-off that <laughs> I think this this trial is going to have so many spin-offs, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like Seinfeld. It's never going to end. Um, but, yeah, Ms Wilkinson, I think just the one thing she just wanted was support from her employer to show that I had it, you know, this was checked off by in-house counsel twice, as you said. But, again, I think Justice Lee successfully skewered Channel 10's in-house legal counsel, saying, well, you did not waive a privilege so I didn't see the advice that mm. you gave her mm. henceforth cough up all your cash mm. you're paying for Sue Crisanto yeah and look the, there's no doubt that the low point for Lisa Wilkinson was basically the day after a very professional high point in winning a Logie um, Wilkinson learning basically weeks later through her agent that she'd been dumped from from her show despite having more than two years left to run on that contract The spin from 10 was that the flagship new show needed a rebrand with new presenters. The reality, the stain from the Logie speech, couldn't be washed off until Wilkinson was brushed off. And so she was, exiting with a swipe at the media on the way out. But I also have to be honest with you, the last six months have not been easy. And the relentless targeted toxicity by some sections of the media has taken a toll, not just on me, but on people I love. Don't get me wrong, I'm not above criticism, far from it. I'm human and I don't always get it right. None of us do. But by God, I've tried. You can tell, I think, in her voice. Um, Lisa Wilkinson truly felt that sentiment. But what her affidavit and her evidence last week uncracked in court was... The private fury she felt at her bosses for dumping her from her prime job and letting her take the blame for derailing that criminal trial. Jenna, if I know you, you would have been glued to this evidence last week. So give us your impression. or Tell us what she said, but then give us your impression of how she came across while she was saying it. I think there's been a lot of confusion where, because we had the release of some text messages between uh, the CEO of Channel 10, Beverly McGarvey, between Wilkinson. And I think, uh, you know, she, Beverly, uh, allegedly texted Lisa after the delivery of that very speech on the project saying, perfect delivery, Mm. great job. Mm. But I think it's been caught up, whether it be in the rumour mill or whatever, that that was actually sent to Lisa after the Logie speech, Mm. which was incorrect. Mm. I think... You know, when you look at all of the evidence where, you know, her barristers were saying... Ms. Wilkinson has never been a news uh, news journalist. She's never been a court reporter. uh, So you need to forgive her for not knowing, you know, process. And then, you know, coming... And then presenting this Logie speech, you just sort of go... 
I just think, and this is only my opinion, <laughs> I think there was a lot of ego involved in that story. And we're seeing it even also where, you know, we saw on Friday with the release documents from the federal court once again, mm. she was tipped off by David Shiraz, who is Brittany Higgins's partner, uh, that the DPP would be, uh, you know, basically calling off the criminal trial due to Brittany's mental uh, mental health and, and health and general well-being. Tipped her off days before mm. and then... <laughs> That was confidential information to start with. Then he passed it on. But then Lisa wanted Channel 10 to release a statement. So I think that's the only time that the Channel 10 lawyers really gained some uh, actual, probably an upper hand, saying, duh, uh, it's confidential. Absolutely not. Yeah. Having uh, covered the trial, um, the, the defamation trial before Christmas and, and this last week, ego, absolutely. It's definitely in there. And look, uh, you know, network news television is is highly competitive. We, we all know that. All news is highly competitive, but particularly on the TV. And Network 10 has always seen itself as the, you know, the poor brother, <laughs> you know, battling along behind the, you know, the, the giants, even though they're funded by Paramount, by the way. Um, so the, this was obviously a big moment for the whole show. And, and it was a big interview. No, no doubt about it. Mm. But um, again, I like just listening to it just then, you think, oh, like, 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 did it not twig with anyone? And your point there is absolutely right, is that Network 10 refused to waive the privilege. So that means no one gets to see the actual advice that they gave. Mm. But Tasha Smithies, who was the in-house counsel, was asked, well, OK, are you, we might not see the precise advice, but are you embarrassed that you gave it? Do you think you dropped, dropped the ball here? Mm. And Justice Lee said... Uh, I'm left in the dark, so I have to assume what that advice was. And given the speech was made in the form it was, I have to assume <laughs> that the advice wasn't that great, yeah. um, which is which is a, a, an interesting position for a judge to be put in and certainly an interesting position for a, for a, an in-house counsel to be put in on the witness stand mm. on oath. But, yeah, um, yeah um, it, I th personally think that Lisa Wilkinson came out of last week better than she went into it. Um, but there's still a little bit of a pox on all their houses, in my view, anyway, oh. in terms of the way that was dealt with, particularly uh, before the criminal trial. Absolutely. I think there were so many tentacles involved in this story and now there's so much, so many fingers being pointed. Mm. And also I just think it goes, not only is it ego with the media fraternity, and we all have one, I probably have one of the biggest, but it's also <laughs> the legal fraternity because there was an issue and there are rumblings of the fact that they didn't want, as they said, anyone but Sue Crisanto because she is a very successful very successful lawyer but also of course Wilkinson's like well I'm going to lawyer up I want the best mm. and so it was almost like a tit for tat between the in-house counsel who didn't like Ms Crisanto well it went worse than that they said it's the the, Austra <laughs> it's the worst possible lawyer you could have <laughs> and not just because she costs eleven thousand dollars a day, mm. although that would have, you know, that that would have pricked up, up the ears of the CFO. But there was, you know, professional rivalries, yeah. other ca previous cases, and then very unedifying letter from Brittany Higgins's lawyer to say we're not going to be dealing with Sue Chrysanthu either. And that was, as I read it, a, 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 a 
a hangover from the Christian Porter case and all, and some other cases that had, that, that their, their lawyers had been sort of battling with her as well. Mm. So, yeah, that Spider-Man meme comes into into mind mm. is that everyone was just standing around looking at each other, pointing and going, well, what the hell are we going to do? Exactly. And I think Justice Lee is tearing his hair out. I mean, even he confessed that he was working Christmas Day when more evidence was landing mm. in his inbox. Mm. And that's why he's basically given no one a free pass. You can sort of tell the people in the witness stand that he has a bit of disdain for or expects more from. He's been very gentle with, um, you know, the likes of uh, Ms Higgins' parents and things like that because, of course, these people are just bystanders in this whole circus. Mm. But I think he just, I think all he wants is open justice because he wants to put this to bed once and for all. And the only way to do that is by having everything out on the table for him to thrash out um, in his judgment in the next couple of months. Yeah. And obviously, media sackings, we know. <laughs> They can be brutal. Um, I've seen it. Uh, you know, we've been around desks in newsrooms which are, you know, full of, of, of plants and papers one day and just, you know, Mary Celeste the next. <laughs> but I can't remember in recent times such a high-profile media axing subsequently becoming so public. And I suppose we have Justice Lee to thank for that because he's been very clear from day one, unless it's legal professional privilege, it's out there and it's going online and there's the online file which is updating every day and Friday there was this ream of te- emails and texts and that came through which 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 was so some of it really really personal stuff mm. um, just highlighted how how brutal this this became oh brutal and there was so many cooks in the kitchen in terms of you know channel the CEO was trying to text Ms Wilkinson but then uh, obviously having no luck in getting through so then was going through her agent and then I think 10 I think offered up uh, a number of counselling sessions because the CEO especially was worried about Ms Wilkinson's mental health Mm. you know there was claims that Ms Wilkinson was on the phone sobbing and things like that these are claims that she has denied so it just goes to show that you know when big names big egos get in the way at the end of the day like you say this one drunken night in Canberra has just caused the biggest political, legal and media shit fight we have seen in living memory. (laughs) Now, talking of egos, one of those who jumped on the pile atop Lisa Wilkinson in the days after that Logie speech was Dr Matt Collins, a defamation barrister so renowned he has actually written the book on that area of law in Australia. On Sunrise and on two other shows, Dr Collins was asked about that Logie speech and he didn't pull any punches. It's not just um, the risk of prejudicing a jury, but there can also be risks to the reputations of individuals. Clearly, this was ill-advised. In her evidence, Ms Wilkinson said that criticism was particularly hurtful, given Dr Collins' standing in the legal fraternity. She said she was desperate for 10 to correct the record and make it clear they had cleared that speech. And then, days later, Network 10 hired Dr Collins to represent them and the woman whose speech they he had labelled ill-advised. Tan explained, or, or tried to explain, that part of that was to pre- prevent Dr Collins saying anything else critical in public. But it left Lisa Wilkinson feeling torn. How could she let someone represent her, who had been openly critical of her just days before? So, she didn't. To her new solicitor, Miss Wilkinson said she felt isolated, unprotected and abandoned by Network 10. She was told by 10's lawyers that the network's interest now trumped hers. And in February 2023, 
Ask Wilkinson was not informed by 10 that she was being personally sued by Bruce Lehrman. She found that out from reading it on the front of Jenna's newspaper. Ultimately, Ms. Wilkinson chose Ms. Chrysanthu, the woman who defended Christian Porter against his own career curtailing allegations. Ten's lawyers said that they were the last lawyers in Australia they wanted Wilkinson to go with, and ultimately they said they wouldn't pay a cent, let alone the $700,000 that's been racked up to date in legal costs. And so, to court. Jenna, we've all been irked by our bosses at times, but this fallout between Wilkinson and Ten went absolutely nuclear. Oh, absolutely. Again, Justice Lee asked Tash, um, Miss Smithers, whether she was embarrassed. Mm. I think that wasn't just about not waiving privilege or that advice. It was about the fact that basically, I don't know how to put it in sort of, it's a journo terms, that would be like Joan Didion saying, you did a terrible job at that column, (laughs) Jenna, Tim. Um, Basically, if Dr. Collins said it was ill-advised, you would probably want to crawl in a professional hole and never get out. Mm -hmm. So I think there is definitely a lot of beef between all of the lawyers going on here but there's the fact that the fallout it just continues to spiral and just and, but also Lisa not realising that she being so prominent would not be named also maybe just goes to show how naive she probably is to the fact of just how the sausage is really made yeah yeah and on the one hand she was saying I was completely reliant on Tan's lawyers they told me the speech was cool um, I went with it you know they 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 vetted it they redlined one little bit of it but ultimately it was fine and then uh, to have those same lawyers basically turn on you Mm -hmm. as soon as you're out the door and say uh well actually um we're not we're not for you now we are for the you know we are for the bigger um the 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 logo on the front of the building and not the um not the face on the side of the bus i mean that would be devastating on several levels, and we found out that she was Lisa Wilkins was 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 genuinely fearful she was going to lose her beautiful home because mm. like you know legal costs and damages and potential and potential, and there was the the email that detailed this furious, tearful. Um, tense phone call between Lisa Wilkinson and the and the lawyers where it was you know they came to the conclusion all she's worried about are costs and her own reputation mm. um, which which was brutal in its in its own way mm. um, and look I was guilty I think I was probably guilty in the last time we had this talk about criticizing her as a senior journalist for giving that speech at a time mm. at the time and I, and I still stand by some of that criticism um, you, you you can't in all good standing, just say, all oh, the lawyers told me it was okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we know Lisa Wilkinson is a very independent, fierce, free-thinking, intelligent woman. So it, it, it kind of not crossed her mind to do it. Mm. But it turns out 10 was just as culpable and, mm. and, then, and then culpable of just chucking their, their star under the bus. Yeah. Look, when it comes to uh, ineptitude, I think there's probably a lot to be said about Wilkinson's journalistic credibility, but I think more so what's going on in the uh, in-house counsel at Channel 10 at this point in time, not to mention the accounts department as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, Now, lawyers grilling other lawyers in court, that's always an interesting exhibition. The language is always measured, there's courtesy and there's politeness. But the intent to win is always there and the ego is always there, both barely under the surface. 
So it was when Tasha Smithies 10's senior counsel was called to give evidence last week and called upon to explain why 10 had acted the way they did. She was grilled, in fact, about their reinforcement of Wilkinson needing to give a speech at the Logies, lest she be seen as wavering in her support of Brittany Higgins, about their reluctance to release a statement about their part in that Logie speech, about their refusal to waive that privilege so the exact advice given to Wilkinson could be seen. And ultimately, she was also grilled about their rewind in position on paying Wilkinson's massive legal costs. As you've mentioned, Jenna, Ms. Smithies refused to accept that she was embarrassed about giving that uh, advice that the uh, Logie speech was okay and greenlighting it in effect. And she also refused to accept the reason the privilege was not waived was so 10 could save what, what little face they had left, really. The face of an infant. Mm. Yeah, look, she had a shocker. She had an absolute <laughs> shocker. Of all of them that came out terribly last week, it was definitely um, Miss Smithies, that's for sure. Um, look, I just think the, the really interesting part of that is the fact that when you don't, especially if you you know the shtick of, of Justice Lee, he wants everything out in the open, as you've said numerous times, so he can get to the bottom of what, what's going on. And the fact that there was just complete ineptitude at every level here yeah. with, um, with all of the, with the legal advice, the journalism that happened, but also the fact that the embarrassment of 10 then walking away at the 11th hour saying, oh, okay, we're just embarrassed now. These who would relatively be unknown lawyers and unknown names embarrassed them on the stand, mm. added further cost to this, to this exorbitantly expensive trial. And they've walked away at the 11th hour saying, oh, actually, we've reviewed our options and yeah, fine, we'll pay. And that is, I mean, that must have been truly very embarrassing not only for Tasha Smithies but for the lawyers that were representing mm. 10 in front of Justice mm-hmm. Lee to have to front up after lunch and say actually your honor we've we've revised our position and we now agree that we should pay Lisa Wilkinson's costs it's just um, well barrister Michael Elliott um, who was representing Ms Wilkinson last week called the network's reasoning one pathetic excuse after another as to why we couldn't learn the truth and then after that grilling and that posturing came the closing um, when Ms. Chrysanthu hammered home that there was no way Ms. Wilkinson could have used Tan's lawyers because she didn't trust them or the network, so they should have to pay. And ultimately, after that back down, back down um, Justice Lee uh, said, yeah, open your wallet. Mm. Channel 10 has been dealt an expensive blow after Lisa Wilkinson won a heated court battle against the network. It all came down to who should cover her monster legal bill in the defamation action brought by Bruce Lerman. The TV personality told the court she recruited her own lawyers because she didn't think the network's team were acting in her best interests. The judge ruled that was a reasonable move. But just how much 10 will have to pay won't be known until the case is over. Another zinger from Michael Elliott SC summed it up. This is not just a capitulation, this is an embarrassment under which we have been led on a merry dance right back to where we started almost a year ago. So, Jenna, not only a big financial win for Ms Wilkinson, but it pulled back the curtain on what went 
on before and after she left the project. And I've got to say, left me with certainly a better understanding of exactly what happened and some sympathy for what she what she's been through. Yeah, absolutely. I think when, and again, when networks sign on these big talent who, you know, they, they've been around the block, they know how to best present themselves, they know how best to promo themselves. When that, uh, when you're not listening to the talent like that, when they're feeling very aggravated, it just goes to show that things can go bad very, very, very quickly. Mm. And I, th- I, f- I do feel a certain amount of sympathy for Ms. Wilkinson because I can't imagine how horrible it must have been feeling. But I think her intentions were very pure with this story. She wanted to, not to maybe put herself up to be a bit of a feminist icon, but I think she definitely has a, her heart is in the right place to mm. move the dial on gender issues in this country, but maybe just don't do it. Do it as an activist, not as a journalist, but also with Channel 10 last week, not only this is coming down the pike, they've just announced that they're doing staff layoffs mm. at this yeah. point in time. It is just a mess. Yeah, that was very unfortunate timing, obviously, for the, for the staff that are going to lose their jobs, but... You know, uh, it's very easy then to conflate the two and some staff maybe over a glass of Merlot on Friday night yeah. going, oh, we're, we're, we've got to pay bloody Lisa's legal costs now, so I've got to go and find another job. Exactly. I, I don't know, that might be, might be too simplistic. I mean, reading again all the material, like, like I, I, you're absolutely right. Lisa Wilkinson tried to do the best on, on what was a, a, a very important story. She got too close to it. Absolutely, mm. she got too. She was much too close to David Shiraz, uh, Brittany Higgins's now fiance, I believe, in my opinion. Looking at some of the emails, the very early emails that Ms., Mr. Shiraz signed off, much love, and and that is a red flag. It's very easy, and gosh, I know I have been in in very recent times. You get when when you get so embedded in a story, um, and 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 you hope it turns out a certain way. It's very easy then to, to, to slip over into becoming supporter and not reporter. Mm. And it's the lesson that I try and relearn myself, you know, w- when I'm going through that. Sit at the back, sit further back, literally physically in the court, because that sometimes helps keep a physical distance. And it sounds funny, but mm. it works for me. And I, that's what I try and tell some of the young reporters that we come across. Y- you're, you're bound to get close. It's bound to affect you, whatever you're writing about. Mm. But try and find a way to keep the distance and in this case I believe Ms Wilkinson got too close to it and then couldn't see the wood for the trees Mm. and also couldn't see past the potential you know career-defining story that it's become, but yeah. for different reasons. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, I just sort of listening to the, the testimony and all of the, the barbs that were exchanged early last week, when you hear the words, you know, Logies, TV Week was being quoted mm. in the federal court, you're like, <laughs> this is this is Australia, this, this is it, this is where we're at. Mm. And it, you just sort of think it's just disappointing that this whole thing has blown up and we're just focused solely on this case and not actually talking about, you know, again, what they, what I'm assuming Ms Higgins and, and Wilkinson decided to do this story for and talk about victims uh, in situations of, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment um, that have no voice. And so as that one spin-off show abruptly came to an end in Sydney, others continued. In Canberra, the skirmish between former ACT DPP Shane Drumgold and Walter Sofronoff, the judge who lambasted the way he handled Bruce Lehrman's rape trial, continued. 
That hearing focused on Justice Sofronoff's own conduct through his own inquiry, including his regular contact with journalists during those hearings. Hours of phone calls between him and various journos, prime among them the Australian's Janet Albrechtson, led to allegations of bias and of Justice Sofronoff's independence being poisoned by the contact with a reporter with an accent to grind. That hearing will continue. And here in Perth, a potentially explosive new episode crept a little closer. The cases of Linda Reynolds versus Brittany Higgins and David Shiraz came before the WA Supreme Court again. They are also defamation actions, alleging the former junior media advisor and her fiancé trashed the reputation of the former defence minister in various of their social media posts. Justice Marcus Solomon has repeatedly urged all three sides to try and settle their differences out of court ahead of a possible trial in July, and he did so again last week, while flagging a delay in planned mediation until after Justice Lee hands down his ruling on the other side of the country. After that happens, it is entirely possible that mediation will go ahead, face-to-face in a room in Perth, meaning Miss Higgins and her partner will have to fly back from their new home in France, back to the city where Miss Higgins says she was close to suicide in the months after that alleged rape by Mr Learman. Jenna, we've recently learned also that Senator Reynolds won't be contesting the next federal election. Do you think the Higgins furore has, has fed into that decision? I believe so because well, my understanding is the reason why Senator Reynolds decided to launch her own independent defamation action is because she would potentially be seeking pre-selection for the Senate once again to go mm. around again. Mm. But now, and of course, and I know I, I sat in a couple of those um, initial hearings in front of Justice Solomon where um, her lawyers sort of said, well, the reason why we want to have it heard here in Western Australia is because this is where the Senator needs to sort of make sure that her reputation mm. is glistening. Mm. Um, it will be interesting to see how mediation goes moving forward. And I don't think she's fighting just for her. I think she's also fighting on behalf of her former chief of staff, Fiona Brown, who who gave evidence mm-hmm. in the defamation trial um, for Lerman v. 10 and Wilkinson. I think she's just very aggrieved by uh, how she was treated. I think this is probably another Wilkinson 10 situation where she was aggrieved by what was happening in the PMO's office. She was upset with how she was portrayed by Higgins and now the now Labor government. So it will be interesting to see whether her decision to step away from public life will impact um, the proceedings moving forward. Mm. And dovetail that with Ms Reynolds bringing the parliamentary action to look into Ms Higgins's ultimate payout Mm. from the government, which was $3 million uh, awarded after one day, I think, of mediation. And I think Senator Reynolds' main uh, issue with that is the allegations that Miss Higgins was making in that work cover claim were never tested. Mm-mm. They were never tested. Exactly. And that has been one B that has been stuck in Senator Reynolds's bonnet. Understandably so, because, mm. uh, I mean, as we've heard in media reports, numerous media reports and also evidence that she tended to the criminal trial, as well as Senator Michaelia Cash, who Miss Higgins also worked for, they both wanted to not challenge the, the allegations, but just give their side of the story. Mm. And the fact that it appears to the... For now, 
out, you know, the, the opposition, that this has just been a, a political problem now handled by the Albanese government and they have made it go away and they have done anything but because now I think if this isn't the first case that NAC, the National Anti-Corruption Commission, looks into, I think there will be absolute fireworks mm. in the Senate. Yeah. Well, I think what it all ensures is that there's, there's, there's plenty more spin-off episodes to come, um, which I hope will mean that we get to talk about it again because <laughs> um, it's it's not only fascinating to get your version of it, but I think... Um, yeah, it it just it just bears more conversation, even though it's been hanging around for for a long time, because it's just one of those cases that just that that has impacted um, everyone involved, but um, also the the wider community in in so many ways. Absolutely, and I think I was speaking to a number of uh, specialist defamation lawyers over in Sydney over the weekend, and uh, the two interesting facts that I sort of learned is that they probably a majority of them will now reconsider ever individually naming journalists involved in in legal action, mm. maybe to kind of move this circus away from mm. having, ha, heaven forbid, having a sequel. And also the fact that you just know that this entire chapter in Australian history is going to fuel so many book sales moving forward. <laughs> but they all think they are all under the understanding that, uh, you know, Ms Wilkinson could now potentially move to the public broadcaster, the only person or the only organisation she hasn't worked for in the media. But she'll probably, um, she'll be fronting the public again at a writers festival in Cairns uh, in the next couple of weeks wow. to talk about her book. Remember, oh, yeah, uh, which, which is, she was writing, yeah, during that very first email with Mr. Shiraz. I've, I've just put down my manuscript to talk to you, David. Exactly, oh, she, which, is, it, which is she just kept her head in the laptop. And don't I don't know. know whether it is again just adding into the the absolute tragedy, a comic tragedy of this tale. I think it's called. It didn't have to end like this. Yeah, well. I just hope she's got some very good lawyers to look over the book before she, before it hits our shelves. Jenna, thanks so much for coming in, mate. Thanks. Lovely to see you and lovely to talk to you as always. Thanks, Tim. And thanks again to all the listeners. Please don't hesitate to get in touch if you want to with any suggestions. Caught in the act at wanews.com.au. Please don't forget to like and subscribe the podcasts and tell your mates we're here too. And remember, if you want to know what's going on in court... Don't get caught short, get caught in the act instead. See you next week.